Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that celebrates conspiracy theories, including the conspiracy theory that this show is actually good. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, uh, coming to you at the cold recording studio built here at my home office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And it is, boy, the weather has turned. Um, Anyway, on uh, this week's show in Pipe Parts, we're going to have a visit with uh, Jeremy Reeves for another Ask the Blender. And then my guest is uh, from Instagram. It's cloudbear69lv. So you get to meet Adam and uh, hear about him and his tobacco blending. And then we have music by request, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. I hope a lot of you are getting ready for the Texas Pipe Show this upcoming weekend. Sorry, I will not be there. Uh, But I know... A lot of you are going, and I know it will be a good time. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Uh, just too much going on here. And uh, yeah, the weather did turn, boy. It went. Uh, it went straight from uh, straight from a nice fall, and now we've had some sub freezing nights and a couple of decent days recently. But uh, just a reminder: if the weather gets nice enough, you know what? Get outside and smoke your pipe out in public. Uh, especially before the long days of winter set in, which uh, I, I'm guessing this year is going to be a little cold. So, uh, yeah, just make sure and get out there, smoke your pipe, all right? And uh, due to some travel, not mine this time, but we're going to have a bunch of shows pre-recorded coming up. So please send in your comments, questions, suggestions, uh, mailbag stuff. Send that in as soon as you can to brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com. And of course, as always... Apple podcast ratings and reviews are much appreciated as well as those little Spotify ratings and reviews. I think we're at like 76 or something like that. So keep doing those. That helps the show get found. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in and here we go. Good evening, Mr. Cavendish. We've received hard intelligence that an organization known only to us as TinBids.com is, at this very moment, offering vintage, rare, and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories. This they're doing in a live online auction environment for its global syndicate of pipe collectors. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to log in to TinBids.com and win the auction of your choice. If you should fail in this mission, well, you'll just have to wait until next time. Good luck, Mr. Cavendish. Visit 10bids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up for free today. This ad will self-destruct in five seconds. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been continuously handcrafting authentic corncob pipes in the USA for over 150 years. They carry over 55 styles of cool-smoking corncob pipes, colonial-area clay pipes, and affordable hardwood pipes. From exciting new pipe and tobacco releases to accessories and more, Missouri Meerschaum Company is a must-see at www.corncobpipe.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company. Authentically original. Authentically you. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us for Pipe Parts is uh, Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal, and the busiest man in all of South Carolina. Uh, I won't, I won't, I won't add North Carolina into that. But uh, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Ready for your question? Yes, sir. So Jess writes, and Jess is a big fan of anthology. So. Jeremy, if you happen to have a tin laying around, maybe there's one stuck under your desk somewhere. Uh, Jess would like it. Um, okay. <laughs> he says, uh, here's my question for Jeremy. 
Maybe seven years ago or so, it seemed like the obnoxious warning labels on tobacco tins were getting larger and more prominent and covering over the lovely tin art of more and more brands of tobacco. I expected this trend to continue and get worse to the point of perhaps even reaching EU levels of grossness with pictures of cancer-ravaged organs taking up most of the packaging. However... In the past two or three years, I have instead noticed them disappearing off many of these same brands. Now, in most cases, I only see a small print warning label on the back uh, somewhere. First, this seems like a fantastic development to me, but I'm, I'm sure didn't expect it. However, my question is, what happened? Did the FDA change something, clarify something? Jess. Yeah. So... Yeah, thank you for the question, Jess. Um, so basically, yes, the the FDA uh, had a warning labels uh, requirement um, on all on all packaging. Uh, so all of our product labels had to have thirty percent of the the available branding space had to be occupied by a big warning label that said something to the effect of, you know, this, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is uh, a known addictive substance or something to that effect. Um, they were really, really uh, incremental uh, or, or uh, granular in the things that they required. It had to be this specific font. You couldn't use a different font. It had to, you know, the border on, on the warning had to be so wide and it had to be this prescribed shade of black and everything like, it was very very uh detailed the things that they were making you do um but that that ended up getting lost in uh, uh one of the many lawsuits that have that have uh come about since the regulations were were put into place and so we were all preparing for the the end date requirement of these warning labels being on all of the the labels that go on all of our products and so we were adding them and adding them and adding them all the time and now we're in the opposite process where we do still have some labels i think that have the warning label on them um but as we are having to re reprint you know to restock on labels that we've used up we're able to then kind of go back and, and remove the warning labels and and rearrange the design to fit the whole label again because we are no longer required to put that warning label on so that's the reason for it and you're uh, and and then we can have a picture of a of a uh, bow-legged bear walking in front of an outhouse again <laughs> right yeah right yeah. <laughs> well, the, the bow-legged bear image was always there, but we had to compress everything to make room. And so we had to redesign things uh, in order to put the warning label on. And then when we were able to remove the warning labels, we're having to redesign all over again. Uh, so. so Jeremy and I are doing this via Zoom so that we can see each other. And neither one of us are going to be on the cover of GQ magazine ever. But... Uh, I'm showing Jeremy my pouch of amber leaf roll your own that's from that's the UK packaging and it's two very graphic images and then one line down at the bottom that says amber leaf original on <laughs> either side of the package and that's yep. all the packaging is allowed to say and it's all of drab green um, yep so we definitely avoided some of the UK stuff uh, at the same time, and you may not know because you don't deal. Well, you do deal with Europe when you ship out, when you export. Mm -hmm. um, Europe, you just have to, you just have to have. I believe it's half of the pipe tobacco package has to have the health warning on the front. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what all of the parameters are for the European thing. Um, we are in in any export circumstance we are getting all of the information that needs to be on the label from the distributor that we are selling the product to and then designing labels specifically to that market's needs right. so every every country 
uh, has their own set of regulations and their own warning labels and the different languages that it has to be in. Um, and, and all of those things are variable. Uh, so we make a run of labels spe specifically for this time that we're selling to uh, to whatever country, yeah. uh, to whatever distribution. And then the next time they may have different requirements. And the same thing's happening for the European manufacturers that are selling here, where that's why half the label is just kind of an open, empty, blank, smiley face now, because there's nothing to put there, but they've left that space blank for most of the European union. That's right. Um, so, so I guess that would affect also the, uh, you know, when you're looking at producing something and for those, for the, for the listeners that are not in the United States, um, that would also be a little bit restrictive on the amount of tobacco or the amount of the, the, uh, the width of the order and the different variations because now you've got to do a special label run just for that foreign country so that yeah obviously you're going to tell them <laughs> now i'm not doing 20 cans of that in that label for you you know that's right cost prohibitive so it's going to trim down the assortment yeah that's right that's right uh, or or it's just going to mean that they have to order more of whichever whichever blend they want to to justify it because we're having to do a special a special print run so so that may actually be good for americans traveling abroad because we may find some uh some of our favorite cornell and deals on shelves in europe or other places that have been aging for a while that's correct uh that's correct yeah yeah, so I'll, I mean, th this is the all right. Th this is the unfun part of the tobacco business that I am so glad I don't have to deal with anymore, which is known as legislation and restrictions and regulations. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it's a it is an unavoidable part of part of every aspect of of what we do now. Uh, we have to take regulations into account before we do anything. Are there any blends that you have to change the name of for them to go overseas because of certain name restrictions? Yes. So a lot of countries don't allow anything that, uh, that indicates a flavor mm -hmm. or that indicates, uh, uh, that gives the impression that something is light, uh, or that something is, is mellow. Uh, you know, you, you can't use, uh, you can't use color words, um, names of colors are, are an issue in Canada, for example. Uh, so like <laughs> they have plain packaging, it's on this, you know, drab green, like you say, you know, it's, is the least interesting color ever. And they don't want any, they don't want any, uh, color words in the names to sort of give the impression of color uh, <laughs> or or you know they don't want somebody being able to order marlboro reds so uh you know marlboro full flavor or marlboro you know however yeah. however they, but yeah so they don't want any they don't want any leading descriptors uh on the package yeah, so there you go. We we still live in a slightly better country when it comes to tobacco. So uh, that is true. Jeremy, thank you very much. Absolutely, thank you, Brian. And we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents, and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. 
and it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Falja, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is someone I'm excited because it's not, you know, listen, let's be honest with you. There's a lot of pipe makers out there, right? But there's not a lot of people that are doing interesting stuff with tobacco. So joining us is, uh, we're going to call you Adam the Cloud Bear, but uh, Cloud Bear 69, wait, let me get it exactly right, Uh, Cloud Bear 69 LV. Adam, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Oh, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate that. So let's... It's an honor and a pleasure. Well, yeah, we'll find out if it's a pleasure. Um, oh, good. First of all, let's get to know you. You know, where 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 did you grow up? When did you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up? And all that fun stuff. Well, I grew up in uh, Long Beach, California, then east side of Lakewood, California, which is right by Long Beach as well. Uh, in the uh, early 70s. I was born in 69. Uh, and then uh, I went and joined the Army after I graduated high school and then got out and then didn't know what I wanted to do. I have had job offers left and right because of my specialty, and uh, I didn't accept them. I, I don't know why I didn't. I, but, you know, you take those paths in life, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just you just do. So I, I ventured myself. <laughs> Somehow I got in San Jose, California, which is Northern California and uh, in the Bay Area. I, I ended up there for about nine years. And then I ventured out to Las Vegas, Nevada, and lived there for 21 years. And now I've moved out here with my wife and the son and the daughter and the grandkid in the uh, out here to Pahrump, Nevada. Now, the daughter moved back to Las Vegas but because she couldn't handle the uh, country rural life. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. so being somebody that lived in Las Vegas, we used to refer mm-hmm. to it as over the hump to Pahrump. That's right. Yeah, there's two humps that go over to Pahrump. There's like a small hump and then a, a bigger little hill. that if, if you're looking down 160 there, coming from Las Vegas, from uh, down Blue Diamond to 160, yeah, and then you you look down. It's supposed to be the uh, the uh, one of the haunted highways, also an extraterrestrial highway. That area, once you get over through the mountain and come down. Uh, my wife swears she's seen something very odd out there one night driving home. Two craft flying low, really slow, with red blinking lights. But she didn't she didn't explain how the craft looked. Really, she said it was very odd. It didn't look anything normal. She was driving, so she couldn't just stop and you know. <laughs> look i said well, it was better that you didn't probably <laughs> yeah yeah but uh I, i've heard stories i've seen some odd things in the sky here here and there in out here in Pahrump, nevada uh because if you look north or northeast uh from where i'm at uh you'll see you know i well there's a lot of red flag drills out there that they do etc so you'll see odd things here and there uh, but but at a very far distance, you know, towards uh, towards the test site area. <laughs> well, that yeah. would be uh, that wouldn't be Area Fifty One. That would be Area Fifty Two, where all the really yeah. weird stuff happens. Um, yeah, I think it's Area Fifty Two. I don't know. I'm not sure. I know there's another area they have in Colorado. There's another area <laughs> they have in Idaho. Yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera. I'll just keep it there. Yeah. All right, let, let's go back yeah. to let, let's go back to growing up in Long Beach. What high school did you go to? Uh, in Long Beach, I went to uh, I went to Artesia High School actually. Okay, good. Yeah, I graduated from there. Because I went to Poly High School in Sun Valley, and we always were confused with Long Beach Poly High School, which was yeah. <laughs> which my, was my mother graduated from Polytech, yeah. Long Beach. And it was a much better school than the one I went to, but uh, well, that was back in the '60s. So I yeah. mean, I don't know. It's now it's yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> well, it's a lot rough, I guess. Well, there's a reason why a lot of Californians ended up in Nevada. Um, mm. it, it was it wasn't because the summers are so nice and moderate. <laughs> no, no, I I came out here uh, 
to help my brother. He'd just gotten in a divorce, and he had an open room, and he said, hey, do you want to come out here and, you know, start life over again? And I said, you know what, yeah, I need to, you know, I need to straighten up. I was drinking really bad and doing a lot of drugs and such, and uh, I needed to get straight again, you know. So okay. I came out to Vegas to get straight, which was a mistake the first uh, <laughs> seven years. <laughs> I was going to I was going uh, well, to yeah, I finally got myself straight, and uh, I finally, in 2006, I got myself straight. That's how long it took from, like, uh, from from the year 2000 all the way to then, so. Yeah, La- so, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Las Vegas is not the place that's known to move to for a clean living lifestyle. <laughs> no, yeah, it's very, uh, well, you got to remember, it's it's not like California where the, uh, the bars close at quarter till or last call quarter till, you know, you know, one, you know, and then shut off till 6am, you know, uh, out here, they were open 24 seven. Yeah. So, and then there's gambling machines and gas stations everywhere. I mean, there's casinos everywhere, you know, uh, and of course with all that comes crime and comes, uh, uh, which I, I was not a part of, but, uh, but comes with the, uh, with, you know, the drugs, et cetera. I mean, I guess damaging myself with with drugs and alcohol is a crime in some sort, but you know. Yeah. So when did as long as I got myself straight? That's the main thing. When did pipe smoking come into your life? Pipe smoking came into my life uh, just before I was out of the I was in high school and the tinderbox in the Cerritos Mall. Oh yeah, uh, was there and uh, there was a gentleman in there and he he would, and I always walked by. You know, and I see him smoking a pipe. I go, man, that that's just that 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 attracts me. I want to smoke a pipe. You know, I, I come from a family of uh, well, my my mother and father didn't smoke, uh, but my uh, my grandfather smoked cigarettes. That's where I I was smoking cigarettes at the time. Cigarettes since I was eleven. Yeah, <laughs> and then wow, yeah, but but anyway, I I seen a pipe. And I go, you know, I'm gonna go in there and get me a pipe and a. Uh, and little little bag of tobacco, and I want to I want to learn how to smoke a pipe. So the guy showed me in there. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was an older gentleman, and uh, he he hooked me up a little pipe and a uh, you know reasonable price pipe, and uh, it was made for Tinderbox. I can't remember which one it was. Probably the ones that are made in Israel. I know they had they carry that mm-hmm. that line. I can't remember the name of the line though. I think it was Alpha. Alpha. I think it yeah. was Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. Alpha pipe. So I had an Alpha pipe. And I had a bag of cherry almond, mm. tinderbox cherry almond, yeah, aromatic. And I, I thought that was just the greatest thing. And I was smoking on that thing and burned a shit out of my tongue. <laughs> 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 and I said, oh, I don't know if this is for me, but I, I kept doing it. And then I started liking it. And I would go in there and get a little little ounce every, you know, a little payday. I would go back, a little, little pouch of tobacco from there, and he'd weigh it out. And he goes, how's it going? I said, oh, it's going good, you know. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, yeah, so I just started smoking a pipe then. And then I moved and, you know, I left there. I went in the army, you know, you couldn't smoke in the army when I went in yeah. and then I got out like four years later and I didn't, I was smoking again. You know, I don't know why I picked up a pack of cigarettes. I hadn't smoked in like three years, you know, almost four years. I hadn't smoked, you know, and I go, geez, you know, I, I need to, <laughs> Oh, it was over four years, actually four years. And, uh, and I picked up a pack as soon as I got out and there's a release, I went and got me a pack of Marlboro Reds. I have no clue why, no, no reason why just seen it. And then, Ooh, Marlboro's. I am. Yeah. About that. But always wanted to go back to the pipe. So when I moved to Northern California, I found a little pipe shop, you know, uh, I believe it's mission pipe shops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And went and got me a little pipe and uh, some more tobacco. I started smoking that off and on, but not as more off than on, you know, like just on weekends or every other weekend. I'd smoke a pipe, you know, to myself, you know, I was living downtown San Jose. So mainly everybody's smoking cigarettes and going to the clubs down there, et cetera, uh, the nightclubs and all that. Um, and I was working in security doing bouncing down there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So there's the booze and all the drugs again and there's we yeah. So <laughs> so anywho, 
I, you know, spent nine years there. Then I moved to Las Vegas. I didn't have a pipe anymore because I think I lost it or misplaced or when I was moving stuff around, whatever. And, uh, in Las Vegas again, didn't pick up a pipe till just about what it's been about six years now, six years ago. I just been wanting to pipe. I, what happened is back in, uh, 2013, uh, I want. I wanted to quit cigarettes. I got off the cigarettes and started vaping. You know the yeah. the e-cigarettes and all that. Yep. And got real heavily into that, into that whole culture scene, et cetera. And I, you know, and got my wife off cigarettes. You know, and she she still vapes. I can still vape bedside, but I don't. I don't take it out with me. Because mm. I don't know. I just loved it so much, and uh, but I, I really need to get get it off that as well. And then during that time, all the way up to, uh, you know, about say, yeah, five years ago, yeah, about five, five and a half, five and a quarter years ago, I said, honey, I want to pipe again. I want to pipe. I want to pipe. She goes, honey, honey, I don't know. You've been off everything for so long, you know, cigarettes, cigars, all that and everything. And I go, I want to pipe. I want to pipe again. She goes, oh, she goes, just go get yourself a damn pipe. She said, (laughs) So I went on the, I went to, I was looking online. I've been watching a lot of video, YouTube videos, you know, mutton chop matches, you know, all the guys, uh, stepping things, all those guys on there. Uh, you know, if I didn't name anybody, I'm sorry, but I was watching everyone pretty much. And, uh, you know, video, and it just kept attracting me back, attracting me back. And I said, man, I really just want one. So I got me one. I went to, uh, I went online to pipe the cigars and got me a, a little crown pipe. And, a, and a, a couple of tins of tobacco that I thought I would like, you know, and I was just right back into it. And I went full force all the way. And, uh, and then I started, uh, buying lots of the uh, old pipes, you know, off of eBay. People were selling the, the whole lot, you know, like a hundred pipes, 20 pipes, 30 pipes. Yeah. And I would take those and I would clean them out really good and restore them and then make them smoke again and then either flip them or keep them, you know? So, uh, I really got hooked on that addiction, and then I then I start reading about different tobaccos, et cetera, and uh, you know native herbs, you know. And I started. Uh, I read a book called Oh, jeez, what is the name of that book? Because I have it on PDF on the phone. Uh, uh, home Home Tobacco Blending, I believe it is. Huh. And uh, you can download it for free on online, uh, or you can buy the book from Amazon. You know. Yeah. But it had a bunch of different recipes in there. It talked about all the tobaccos, how to stove, how to how to how to make Cavendish, how to make home Creek, how to do everything. And uh, so I just went into it real heavy, and uh, you know, and just been going from there. And uh, now I have over fifty blends. And we're so, we're going to talk about yeah. those blends, but first we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first person ever. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you Mister Bear. So, <laughs> Mr. Bear. Okay. <laughs> There's so many bears out there. So, <laughs> we'll be back with the Cloud Bear in just a moment. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Adam the Cloud Bear. All right, so uh, Mr. Bear, 
Uh, it seems like you get the seven year itch and every seven years it's itching for some sort of tobacco. And now you've itched that. And now, you, and unfortunately now you've uh, scratched well, deeply into the pipe and well, tobacco world. Right. And what it was is that I, I wasn't, I was buying tobacco after tobacco after tobacco, all the name brands, you know, different, you know, different shops online, et cetera, you know, like Mars, you know, tobacco pipes, smoking pipes, all those places, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't want to put any names out there or anything, but I was buying from everybody, you know? Yeah. And I, I realized I just had all this tobacco. I wasn't going to smoke, you know? So I said, well, I wonder. So after I read that book, you know, home blending tobacco, I go, you know what? I'm going to start doing my own little blends. So I went and got all the different component leaves from, uh, there's a place called total leaf mm-hmm. and there's a place called whole leaf. And you can buy quarter pounds or pounds or five pound bags of whole leaf tobacco. So I said, you know, I'm going to do it this way. And I started just making blends. And then I was shared to a couple guys on Instagram, you know, that I had met in the, in the pipe community there. And it's a, it's a very large community, actually very, a lot of good guys on there. Yeah. And, uh, I said, and the one guy goes, oh, dude, dude, you should sell. I go, well, I don't know about all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 dude, you could sell this. No, 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 dude, you could sell this. This is better than any stuff that's out there. I go, oh, come on, you know. I and mean, I still don't have a big head over it or anything, you know. I'm very humbled by it. It still trips me out to this day. But every blend that I put out so far, I've not had one complaint. Zero. Wow. Zero complaints. You so, know, and it, it still trips me out. Uh, it's, it really just tripped me out. So I, I know I've been doing I'm still doing it here and there. As long as I stay under a certain weight per year, I'm I'm safe. Yep. You're, but, you're, but I went and got my ODP license anyway, just to be on the safe side. So you're 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 kind of under the radar, but still on the radar. Right, right. To where I could open my own online shop if I wanted to, and uh, and sell. As long as I don't sell to South Dakota, Maine, Utah, Washington, you know, yeah. uh, Massachusetts, you can't send any aromatics to. Right. Oh, so you you've yeah. even drilled down. So I, I know. I know the laws. Yeah. Yeah. You you've drilled down all the laws and everything, but the basic. I mean, the the what got you started was you just hadn't found the perfect blend for you, right? I just I just couldn't find that. Wow. I I wasn't getting that wow factor anymore from a lot of the blends that were out there, yeah. and I was tired of buying blend after blend after blend after blend. So I started blending, and I was getting my own little wow factor back. I blended the way I wanted it to taste and you know what i wanted you know where i was more satisfied with what i was smoking and i shared it with other friends and then they all were satisfied with what they were smoking and it just moved on from there you know so now so now for like the past three years i've just been putting out blends here and there you know and and are you one of those guys that's lucky enough to be able to smoke all different types of tobaccos and enjoy them for different moments yes yes yeah i don't have that uh you call that ph factor where it would, uh, a lot of guys get that tongue burn from virginia's or or they get the uh horrible bitterness odd tongue tingle from some certain burleys yeah you know or, yeah i smoke each component leaf on their own just to see what will work with other component leaves you know so how did well, hold on a second. How did you figure out that you needed to smoke each component? Did somebody tell you? No, I figured that on my own. Yeah. All right. So, you, I mean, that's the, that's really the secret to understanding what a tobacco does is to right. sit down and smoke it by itself and not just, what? Yeah, not just a half a bowl. Yeah. Right. No, not just a half a bowl. I'll, I'll, I'll load a full bowl, you know, uh, and uh, just to know what will play with other, and then mix two, and then see if those play together. Then mix three, then mix four, then mix five, mix six, you know. Then go, okay, now what percentage of each leaf will make a, the perfect blend with those six components or five components or four components, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Yeah, so you've, you've gotten into this the scientific way. Are, are, you sure yeah. are you sure somewhere back in your history you weren't some sort of mad scientist somewhere? I don't know. A lot of people call me an alchemist or a mad yeah. scientist with what I've, what I've created. They're like, dude, no way. I'm all, 
I'm all, I just did my homework. I just did my homework. If, if everyone, anybody can do what I'm doing. If they just sit down and study and read and what, you know, videos, et cetera, and, and do a lot of, a lot of reading, a lot of reading and note taking, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And then uh, measurements. I mean, you're going to lose some stuff because you can't reblend it another way. Cause you, you, uh, but I measure each component out of what I'm going to smoke. So, I mean, I've, I've had to dump a blend because it, after it melted together, it just didn't taste the way I wanted it to taste, you know? Right. But someone else may have liked it, but I don't know who else would have liked it. So I just go, okay, no, if it doesn't pass my, my, my little taste test, then it ain't, it's not going out. Are you doing, how big of a batch, uh, how big of a sample size are you blending in? Uh, oh, for, to put out to the public or for just me? Just for you when you're doing the taste, when you're doing the. Ounce. I'll make, I will make, sometimes I'll make one, one ounce or two ounce batches just, just to see what will work with what one another. And I'll make eight different ones. If I'm working on a blend, I can make up to eight different batches just for that one blend to see which one of those eight will will match with what i want yeah are you letting them uh are you letting them sit and age or marry for any amount of time (laughs) i I do steam steaming and also pressing and also toasting and kilning as well with the uh, (laughs) the burleys and virginias (laughs) okay i quit it was yeah. nice. It was nice I, having I, yeah, you. I'm doing, I'm doing the whole, the whole shebang all the way out. Yeah, I'm, I'm letting some rest, some age. You know, right now I have uh, some toasted rustica still, uh, still aging after I toasted it. Because I, the reason I toasted it because I didn't want the nicotine to be such a whop to somebody. You know. Yeah. Because uh, I noticed after you toast it, it kind of lightens up the nicotine in it a little bit. Yeah, you sweat it. You you, you warm it up and it and it evaporates out a little bit. So. Yeah, so I get it almost almost to where it's crunchy, crunchy, but not all the way. You know, it's like uh, two hundred and forty degrees in about in an oven at about twenty five minutes. You know, holy. F- yeah. All right. Yeah. And yeah, you, you don't want to go over two hundred. Yeah, you want to keep anything you do with tobaccos if you want to release. Uh, certain florals, et cetera, different flavors. You want to keep it under 300 degrees. Yeah. Damn. So you... Sometimes you go like to 180 and just go for like a full hour, you know. Does your wife ever come home and look at the, and look around and go, what the hell are you up to now? <laughs> well, I, what I do, I sterilize an area. I have another area in the house. It's like a little side room that's connected to the garage, and that's my little area. But I don't allow any, there's no smoking allowed in the house. Now I, you will catch me smoking in my bathroom and that's it or outside. <laughs> and then that is it, you know, but I'm only allowed to smoke in the bathroom or outside. Uh, so how do you, how do you sell your, your stuff? Do you have a website or is it just through Instagram? No, no I just, I, I make micro batches up to like one pound, one and a half pound batches, mm-hmm. usually sometimes two pound, but I don't go over the two pound mark. And then uh, once I make that batch, uh, once it's fully blended and, you know, and I, I think it's ready for release that I, I weigh it out and bag it in two ounce packages in Mylar bags. They're weighed zip and then heat sinked on the, on the rim. So they're, they're sealed in there airtight. And then I sell those two ounce packages for a $15 a pack plus six shipping. So this is not a high profit venture for you. This is something you're doing out no, of passion. No, it's more of a passion. It's yeah. I'm not making a really a I'm not making a fat <laughs> fat gold penny off it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even a fat red penny. I'm not making I'm not making much. Everything I put into it, I put back into another blend. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep I just keep the cycle going. You know? The cycle going. Now I did I did uh kind of buy too much at the Vegas show. So that kind of set me back, but, uh, I'm going to have my holiday blends, uh, that I put out last year coming back again, uh, uh mid November. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll release uh, angry elf again and probably long cut English. <laughs> if you'd like some, just let me know, Brian, I'll, I'll send you some. Uh, well, I was going to give you a pack at the show, but I didn't know what blends you like. 
Remember, I came up to you. I said, "Hey, what what do you smoke?" You said vapor, and I didn't have any yeah. vapors on me, so I didn't think you were going to smoke anything I had. Well, that's why I said, you know, you're one of those lucky people that can smoke all different kinds of tobaccos and get enjoyment. I got such a, I am such a narrow-minded, elitist snob idiot that I'm stuck in one spot. Yeah, and I and I hate you for that because you can enjoy all these different tobaccos. Um, so and and at the yeah, and you're also buying, you're you're still buying other branded tobaccos and oh, of course. Of course, yeah, Cornell deal. Um, uh, mm, uh, Sutliff. I mean, Dan's. I, I I like to go for the guy with Harvest stuff because I prefer the uh, the Kendall or the floral essences yeah. from those blends. <laughs> but I developed my own floral essence as well. So, and that was that was I put that out last month, I believe, and it sold out like hotcakes. So. Yeah, and I called it LaFlorian as like the Elven Village. <laughs> so, but then I realized uh, another company that sells tobacco got in trouble from Warner Brothers, so I'm kind of backing off that those uh, L O T R names. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Um, is there a condimental leaf that you've been looking for that you haven't been able to to get that you want to play with? Or? Yes, yes, uh, some Mysore from India. Northern India, Mysore, Virginia, wow. and also some Tarzanian and some of the uh, South American uh, uh, varietals that I would love. I would love to get, you know, of their Virginias as well. But it's just so hard to get uh, past customs that you just can't get it. Now I was getting uh, some a lot of Kias from uh, just past the border of uh, of Syria there, you know, but. Uh, the guy, I don't know, he's off Instagram now, so I don't know what happened to him, but he was sending me some over in small batches that I was using, which was a lot of Kia from there. I won't say where, just over there. There. <laughs> that general region, yeah. So you could you More could be south, you could southeast. be you could be spending hours just trying to source one little thing and then you find it and... you can and then also as well as the places that i buy from that are they're here in the states that i get holy from a lot of stuff uh, some of the stuff they're out of so you're like uh and then you, now you can't get it or you have to wait till they get it in you know yeah i noticed perique and some of the orientals are getting harder harder to get and they uh, they jacked the price of perique up, uh perique up to like two or three times what it was uh a year and a half ago Wow. All right, let's yeah. get off let's get off the tobacco blending cuz you got me salivating and I can't do this and salivate at the same time. Uh let's talk about Briar Bastards. Okay. Tell me the origin and how and how it seems to how has the Briar Bastards kind of taken over Instagram? Uh the Briar Bastards have been around since 2018. It was founded by uh Timo Schneider out of Germany. And uh, I'm just, I'm surprised it started in Germany. It sounds very American. Yeah, uh, no, it started in Germany. And then, uh, then another friend of his here in North America uh, asked, you know, Timo Schneider, hey, can I, can I have a, a Briar Bastard in North America? And he goes, sure. So North America runs Mexico, North, you know, the United States and Canada. So any members from them that want to join are under that North American badge. But we also have a world chapter as well. So world runs world, which is now here in North America, because uh, Al Dentremont is now the president for Briar Bastard's mother chapter. Uh, Timo gave it up this year in uh, late the last week of March, first week of April right there. And then we started building it back up again because it was a dying club. It really was. It was big at one time, and then it just was starting to die out. Yeah. So we we got it back, and then we've got we got we got the master keys for both sites, the the mother chapter and North America. And Al says, uh, "I want you to be captain in North America. Can you help me rebuild Briar Bastards? Because I just got Timo just gave me the keys to rebuild it." And he and I go, "What?" He goes, "Yeah." I go, "Let's do it." And we've just been building it up ever since. And now we have. Uh, 
on the world on the world chapter end, <laughs> Brazil, Argentina, United Kingdom, Germany, Slovakia, France, Sweden, Finland. Did I say United Kingdom? Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, and then uh, in North America, we started doing state chapters. Wow. So now we have Georgia, Indiana, Ohio, California. Uh, Tennessee and Oregon and Texas. And then there, we're going to have more chapters coming up. I think Arizona is next. All right. So if somebody, to, uh, if somebody's on Instagram, how do they join? Uh, you can contact me at cloudbear69lv on Instagram, or you can contact uh, Briar Bastards North America. If, if you're on the American side, if you're on the world side, you would have to contact Briar Bastards Worldwide. Adam the Cloud Bear will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, a bent pipe. Yeah. You know, I'd say like or a full bent, like a oompal. And this may be tough for you, but what is your favorite tobacco? Ooh, man, that's a rough one because I do so many. Uh, I'd have to say lately it's been English. English, any English blend, really. Do you want a name of a tobacco? Uh, no. Uh, would be mine. It would be Old English Morning. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> if you make it, you should like it. Uh, <laughs> What is your favorite drink? Favorite drink? Coffee. Hot and black? Uh, black with the three sweetener. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's fine. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? No, any type of book. Any, as long as I'm gaining knowledge from it. I, I like to read. Yeah, I'm very odd. I like to read medical journals as well. <laughs> you look don't, like... Don't you look like you'd be happier on a motorcycle riding down the road, but yet you like books. I, I look like that, but just looks are deceiving. Sir. Yeah, I look really intelligent until I open my mouth. Um, and then finally, <laughs> finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Oh, geez. I, I would have to say the Vegas show in, in the lounge. Just everyone's just so friendly and just, you know, offering everything and just, yeah, it's just great. Just great in there, you know. There's not too much pipe smoking out here, so and the guys I've met are they're very stuck on you know store bought, you know over the counter, not not even codger blends, just you know cheapy big bag tobacco stuff. So yeah, uh, it would have to be the Las Vegas show. That's that's been my greatest experience so far the past two years, you know. Well, we we yeah, this year, last year, yeah, just just great people, great great people all, all together, you know. We uh, greatly appreciate you coming. It's a pleasure to meet you, and I'm I'm thrilled with what you're doing. And and you know what, it, your passion really does show through. And and appreciate you coming on the show with me. I appreciate being on the show. Thank you. And we'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, make sure you're following CloudBear69LV on uh, Instagram and uh, check out everything he's doing. All right, so for music, uh, Jennings sent this in. He said, Oscar Peterson, Wheatland, is a classic and always makes me think of fall and spring, though it has a uh, seasonal vibe to it. So here it is, and uh, remember, Oscar Peterson smoked a pipe.
could almost hear the leaves falling. Yeah, and swirling around and then laying there and then getting blown again as you're trying to rake them up. Uh, thanks to Jennings for sending that in. That's Oscar Peterson. And remember, comments or questions can be emailed directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com, just like Dino does every week. And this week, Dino says, I enjoyed your brief but nicely detailed explanation of various tobacco cuts. The conversation with Gray was very entertaining and interesting. Gray was quite amiable and is obviously multi-talented. I always get a kick out of we're horrible, horrible men at Halloween. Thanks for taking my suggestion. Uh, I gather by your rant that you're aspherical. Haha. <laughs> Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Yeah, and uh, Dino, I also forgot to put in their shag cut, but shag cut tobacco has kind of gone away because of its... Uh, proximity in length to a certain other kind of tobacco used for cigarettes and then uh casey ghost says uh, i enjoyed the discussion of different types of cuts used in pipe tobacco i like ribbon cut on english blends for some reason or other i like latakia that way cross cuts which i think are more for plugs and flakes definitely the way i like my vapors Cube cuts are interesting, but they are almost totally used in burleys. As many know, I rarely smoke burleys because the flavor from them just doesn't suit me. One thing I do like about cube cuts is their ease in loading your pipe. Pour them in and light your pipe up, no tamping or packing with your thumb, etc. Uh, Gray Van K was, was a very interesting person, very charming and quite articulate. As a tattoo artist, I was relieved to hear that he doesn't do face tattoos or suggestive stuff. The tinderbox on Wilshire was an amazing place. I guess I was there in 83 or 84 with a guy from work. We were just going in to buy some cigars, and the guy ended up showing us around the whole store, including the back room where they kept all their pipes and cigars that weren't out on display. It was magical. I noticed in Gray's pipes he's starting to add his own style to his pipes. Interesting. Now for Boris and Bella. <laughs> it's always enjoyable when I hear this song. The guys really don't sing that well, but an occasional thing, it was quite nice in a nostalgic sort of, sort of way. Vincent, who is a generation younger than those guys, did a song that, for some reason, I couldn't hear very well. So while I appreciated the song for its celebration of Halloween, it felt weaker than the first one. Still enjoyable to hear those guys. Your rant was well taken. Every once in a while, Vegas takes things a little too far in their never-ending hunt for your money. All in all, it was a good show, Dan. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, and then J.B. Frady says, uh, Gray and his buddy Johnny were two of the kindest, most creative, and most interesting people I had the pleasure of meeting at the Vegas show. You could pick Gray's pipes from a lineup 20 yards away because they contain all the unique personality involved in his 30 years of artistry. Thanks, Brian, for introducing him to the community via the airwaves. You are welcome. And then uh, Spike writes, uh, Brian, thanks. Uh, this goes back a couple weeks. Uh, thanks for another fine show with Dave. Sorry, Mrs. Spike, and I couldn't make Las Vegas. All accounts of the show are quite complimentary. I like the part about the Cellini family dropping in. It brought back old memories of my earlier years in my hometown of Chicago. I used to work in the Loop, and the Cellini shop was just outside the Loop on Franklin Street. I spent a good amount of time and money there in the late 70s. They made their own pipes on site, and they were good, functional, and not necessarily special. As I recall, they later moved to Skokie in the northern suburbs after I left Chicago and closed thereafter. I hadn't thought of them much, much but I do now, thanks, for, thanks to your mentioning them. See you in Chicago at the new location. I hope it's as nice as the Marriott in Lincolnshire. The new place is sure a lot closer to O'Hare. Spike. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot closer to O'Hare, and I think it's going to have some uh, some better uh, restaurants in the area for uh, for ease of access. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Gotham writes, uh, Brian and Dave, thank you for putting on a great show. This was the first pipe show I have ever attended despite my long history of pipe smoking since 1995. The experience was overwhelming and invigorating at the same time. 
I will be attending next year come hell or high water. I'm glad that you encouraged me to attend even though I knew no one in the industry that would be in attendance. I followed your advice, introduced myself, and brought a good attitude, and it was amazing how kind and welcoming everyone was. I now feel like I know many of the folks in our hobby, and it's an amazing group of people. And thank you, Brian, for being so welcoming to me while I was at the show. It was a pleasure to meet you in person. Best regards, Gotham. Yeah, it was cool to finally meet you, too. Uh, and then lastly, if I can find it, because I know it's right here in front of me, on iTunes uh, from Rybrad47, it says, New Pipe Smoker. Five stars. Love your show. Very educational for the new pipe smoker. Listen every Friday while I light up a bowl. Wanted to get to the NASPC show, but couldn't make it this year. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, maybe we'll see you next year. And uh, remember, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, for these upcoming shows where I'm going to be pre-recording, how about uh, ask me anything? Yeah, ask me anything you want. I'll answer it for you to the best of my ability. And uh, leave those iTunes or Apple Podcast ratings and reviews. And in just a moment, rant time. Hi. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line, to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell & Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I just want to take this moment, this rant time here to remind you that if you smoke a pipe and you smoke a pipe tobacco that you enjoy in it, well, you're a friend of mine. And as we're coming up on the holiday season here with Thanksgiving around the corner and Christmas shortly after, uh, some of you will feel start to feel a little down because you don't have that Norman Rockwell picture or whatever it is that you think you're missing. Well, you've got a friend right here, and if you need to talk or if you're feeling down and you need to reach out to somebody reach out to me facebook instagram email i've got multiple ways to get a hold of me and i will be happy to get on the phone with you or on zoom or skype or whatsapp or facetime whatever it happens to be you're not alone and just remember that you're not alone you've got one big family of pipe smoking friends here and as you saw from the pipe shows over the past year when we get together we're all friends we're all buddies we're all part of a family so you're not alone take that moment to reach out if you're feeling down uh don't let the holiday blues get to you and uh you know there isn't there's no final resolution so just know that you've got friends out there that care about you and are willing to take the time and sit on the phone with you all you got to do is reach out to us, and we're here for you. So you're not alone this holiday season. Yeah, Enjoy the warmth of your pipe. Enjoy the voices of podcasts. There's numerous great podcasts, YouTube channels, all kinds of friends in the pipe smoking community. And if that doesn't work, find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, email me, reach out to me. I'm here for you and I'm willing to get on the phone or Zoom or Skype or whatever it is 
And uh, you know what? You're not alone. All right? There you go. Uh, just a reminder, new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show come out every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Keep sharing them out with all your friends in your Facebook groups or in your Instagram groups or all your Briar Bastard groups. Uh, thank you to Jeremy for joining me. Thank you to Adam the Cloud Bear for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. About the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Damn, here comes that Mariah Carey song that never ends.